Paul is apparently being recorded. Ooh, fancy. Paul mm -hmm. is being recorded. <laughs> 24 hour stores are an American thing. Didn't you know that, Tenevis? I don't believe that there's a world outside of America. There's only dragons out there. But you knew that. Here there be monsters. <laughs> uh, so am I producing any excessive background noise? No, actually, there's a lot of there. excessive foreground noise. I think we need to work on that. Oh, yours is worse. <laughs> Can't you people keep a thread alive on the forum? No. <laughs> there's some furious typing going <laughs> Oh look, it's Mario! It's me, Mario! Bert, is your name really Bert? Yes, my name is officially Bert. B-E-R-T. Lead to an interesting conversation of, you know, game reality versus reality reality. Talking. I don't know what the heck your problem is. I didn't have money at the time that it came this out. This is a now gaming podcast, and you can get it for 20 bucks on Steam. Dude, like, why would you live anywhere else, then? It totally sucks not living in the U.S. Not my choice. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Age is up for pre-purchase. Who wants to watch Dragon's Aging? Okay, I have a great idea. You guys discuss it, and I'm going to the bathroom for one minute. Oh, goodness okay? gracious. Welcome to the Cavern Today Over the Fence. For a little background on the Over the Fence production, the Cavern Today was originally conceived as a fan project surrounding Uru in specific and the Mist franchise in general, with its roots beginning in Until Uru, or the days when we played Until Uru. However, Uru isn't happening now, and while we at the Cavern Today wish Cheyenne the best, whether we wanted to or not, we've all moved on into other pursuits in games and technology. We're fans of Mist, Uru, adventure games, but like many of you were fans of other games, other game genres, tech, and many things that may in some cases only tangentially tie into the Miss Universe. So we give you our Over the Fence episode 2 for November 2nd, 2009. With us today, we have, for the first time I think, actually talking on the podcast, it's from announcing his name, Bert from Belgium. Yay! Okay, so I'm Bert from Belgium. Yay. We have David, people might remember as Dalkin Starbine. Hello! Greetings, citizens! Sean, some people might remember as Drachmith. Hello. And me, Jonathan, or formerly known as Jonathus. Let's start off with our first bullet point. There's a nanny group. I don't know why this particular group got into this, but a nanny group that is outraged by this upcoming game, Dante's Inferno, which has an achievement for baby killing. Now, I can understand how that would be kind of egregious, like the whole the Shake the Baby app on the iPhone was banned and removed from the store. So I can't, I understand the sensitivity, and I don't 
particularly favor this, but I'm not sure, like, are we talking baby humans? Are we talking baby demons? You know, I don't know what, what the whole the whole problem is. To my way of thinking, this actually stinks of the whole... People can understand the difference between games and reality, and especially since Dante's Inferno is kind of very loosely based on reality. What do you think? Um, well, from what I understand, what it is is in the game at some point, you there is a point where you have to kill unbaptized infants. Now, what that is in the context of things, I don't know. I don't know heck a lot about the game. But the part I found interesting was that the nanny group, while it says that it doesn't support the actions, they're not actually speaking out against the actions themselves in the game. They're complaining about the fact that the achievement is named Bad Nanny and that it's projecting a negative impression on them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm like, so, so you, you, you look to video games for validation? Really? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Quiet over there. But, well, I think most human beings are being transformed into some kind of monster. So I guess you have these little demons slash monster babies that are attacking you or something. Will probably not be real children. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's not like the game reaches out into the crib of, of baptized, baptized babies and kills them. You know, so to, to me, it's kind of silly. And one of the things that, that uh, gamers seem to like is uh, shocking types of action in games because things that, like, they, I've, I've heard uh, game developers talk about, like, racing games where they'll set th- things to be very realistic and handle very well. And I guess the game is very boring because it's it's too easy or it's too bland. And so, like, mm-hmm. the, the, a lot of the, the hair-trigger handling that you, you get in cars and games is because they want to make it an action and packed adventure kind of experience i don't in that that front the contrast i mean it's it's not like i i watch action movies or play action games because i want a accurate portrayal of reality so i I guess that's kind of my take on it well basically basically in in dante's inferno you're in well hell basically inferno hell (laughs) so you have these wastelands and 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 uh landscapes that really show death and uh, in the most inner circles I expect fire and things. So, well, it, it's totally unrealistic, so what's the problem? Yeah. I would hold that uh, killing these baby-like creatures, whatever they are, I don't see why it should be such a huge deal here when, if you take other popular shooter-type games, I mean, you take Doom 3, there's a very baby-like common enemy in there you take dead space there's baby like enemies in there i don't recall hearing very much uproar about those yeah and and in doom 3 i recall the babies would cry to draw you to them Mm -hmm. so that leads us to our second bullet point which i think is a really fun transition here uh there's an advocacy advocacy groups violent game disposal drive they actually got together in some area they grabbed a dumpster assuming that so many people would come out with their outpouring and destroy all their violent video games and what's really heartening is the picture in the article that shows a dumpster with like three games in it <laughs> it's this giant dumpster too so like it dwarfs the the uh the game yeah. cartridge now this is for a little more background this is the german advocacy group um i don't know how to read that name well bert you can read it yes i speak german a bit is the um, Aktionsbutnis Arno Klaus Winden or something? But ooh, <laughs> odd name. Yeah, well, in any case, it's uh, reacting to the Winenden 
school shooting earlier this year. Well, yeah, they, they are trying to blame that all on, on video games, but we have had several of those guys here in Belgium, but no one has reported in uh, an international press because we're this little country. But, well, and it has been proven it has nothing to do with violent games. Yeah, and I remember when uh, we had the, uh, I think I want to say it's the Virginia school shooting, where this kid, one. the kid had like dual pistols and everything, and he went crazy. Mm-hmm. And they, and he's been in college, and they tried to blame it on like the, the brief time that in high school he played Counter Strike. So, I don't know. Like if if he was playing it at the time, I I would see a little more causality. But I don't think that the two are related in any tangible form. And the guy, uh-huh. according to the reports in that situation, he was showing signs of being deeply disturbed long before the issue occurred. Yeah. And if you read the media reports for the current one, the kid that did the school shooting that resulted in this drive, it says that he played Counter-Strike and Far Cry 2, but then it goes on to say that he was an inpatient at a psychiatric clinic for over a year. Uh, He's been meeting with a therapist. He's had violent tendencies his whole life. I'm like, the game's... They have almost nothing to do with yeah. this. They're just an easy thing to point to and say, this is the reason. That's the thing that keeps bugging me about all this is, mm-hmm. the, is the lack of culpability. It's like we keep wanting a scapegoat mm-hmm. to point to. I'm like, some people are just messed up. And uh, pulling it back to the disposal drive, I'm like, even if there was a connection between the games and this kid, did they really think putting a dumpster out in a parking lot somewhere and telling everyone to throw their games away was actually going to do anything? Do they think people were actually going to do it? I mean, mm-hmm. Germany already has a problem with getting, you know, any kind of fun, violent video games in there. So, like, what are you talking about? You know how hard it was to get this game? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I'm kind of curious to see what the two games that I, were in I the I wish it was were. a sharper picture, too, because, like, I'm like, can't yeah. make it out. One of them looks like I see a little thing in there. Like, is that the game? Was were people throwing away DS games? I'm, I'm, that's what I'm wondering. If it was like a DS or a Game Boy game or something, like, it could just be some game that somebody didn't like. <laughs> it may not even yeah. be a violent yeah, game. Right. <laughs> like it's Bubble Bubble. I'm like yeah, it's very violent. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the guy goes out there and he's in the parking lot and he's climbing up these stairs in the video. He's climbing up these stairs to look over the top of the dumpster. There is nothing in there. I'm like. This thing is taller than you are. <laughs> <laughs> to some extent, I kind of understand. Like, like in, in um, games sold in Europe and Germany, uh, they can't have, like, Nazis or swastikas in them. And I understand mm-hmm. that bias because, you know, that was a, a, a dark part of their history and they don't want to be reminded of it. I can understand that. Well, sure. There are, there are rules on that. They've loosened up lately. But, like, for example... You have this comedian, he makes certain jokes about Nazis, and he can do certain jokes, and others he can't, because, well, you have these rules, it's, it's part of our law, you you cannot be um, a Nazi in Belgium, you cannot even have the, the IDs, they aren't permitted, it's a kind of censorship, but, well, yeah. Moving on in the same vein with, with uh, yeah. censorship, um... Valve has lost their appeal um, in Australia to get Left 4 Dead through Left 4 Dead 2 through the the censor. Uh, it, it's failed to get an MA 15 plus rating, so Australian gamers are not going to have access to Left 4 Dead 2. Oh, I guess they made a um, censored version um, just in case, but the the full version they wanted to try to get through without appeal. Actually, the censored version cannot be appealed. That was the thing the article said that. 
unless one of the members of the board decides to appeal it, it doesn't matter that they've created a, a different version of the game. Oh, oh well, all right. Sounds then. like some convenient rules of like, uh, we have spoken and that's that. And it's like, it's, to me, it uh-huh. just sounds like they decided that they morally object to these things. And it's, and it's weird, especially in the case of Australia, because their rating board is three guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yep, three guys determine whether games can even be sold in the country? Seriously? Something but it's like it's also funny because, um, well, Naren talked to me, and, uh, well, Nick, Nick now, sorry, um, and he explained to me, you have these rules, but most games get through, there are like two or three real, well, popular games in the other parts of the world that didn't get through, so it, he thought it was kind of odd it didn't end up getting... Well, their reason, the reasoning was that the uh, the zombies looked too real or too human. But the infected humans were easily distinguishable from regular humans. Yeah, that's... I, to me, it's, it's, again, it's just it's just scapegoating. It doesn't sound like there's any real tangible evidence. But let me just take a step back and say I could care less about zombies and games involving zombies. I'm like, these are, these are not things that I enjoy and want to play. So, like, Left 4 Dead 1 is... Aside from a few videos, I've never touched the game and never will. I, I have actually played Left 4 Dead, and I feel And you haven't played Bioshock? It, but, uh, oh, my God. Oh. Well, that was after I actually had money, so... You should play well, I'm going to pick up Bioshock right uh, after this... You better. ...after this is over, so... You can't. You've got to pick up Torchlight first. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no Bioshock, Bioshock. So... And, and save some Christmas money for Bioshock 2. Yeah. It should be out in February, perhaps March. Yeah, that's that's one thing that's kind of bugged me. All these games were announced for the Christmas season 2009, and then half of them, more than half of them, get pushed to 2010. I'm like, are you kidding me? Okay. I was getting ready to have the best Christmas ever, the most antisocial Christmas ever. <laughs> <laughs> Go away, I'm playing games. So mm-hmm. in, a, in a case, uh, I don't know how, how to respond to like the whole Australia not allowing Left 4 Dead 2 because I don't really care. You know, on the front, like, I don't want the game myself. So I, I sort of, I, and it, but that doesn't make me support them in that front. I, I don't see a reason to filter it. Like, I think, like, Doom 3, the way it originally was iterated and shown to us, I mean, you had this character that looked essentially human, just gray flesh with a shirt hanging open. Like, I don't remember there being any, any signs except from the red eyes that he was a zombie. And I thought, yeah. and it looked like he actually didn't make it into the final game. And I wonder if that was why. If that maybe that's just like some unspoken thing. Like we're not supposed to have the zombies look too human. I I don't know. Well, the zombies in mo- not all of them. Some of them did look very zombie-like, but a lot of the um, uh, security forces that were zombified looked very human in the final game. So I don't know. Well, I saw the trailer to Left 4 Dead 2. Um, they had some cinematic trailer. It, it made it look like a movie. And mm-hmm. but the thing is like. I just want to watch the end of the movie. <laughs> I want to play the game. <laughs> Zombies are humans, but they are dead. Okay? Well, undead. But, well, they should look a bit similar. Right, because zombies are just undead humans. So uh-huh. you would think they'd look similar. Yeah. But apparently it's okay to kill zombies. It's not okay to kill people. And there's a big... They have to look different enough to distinguish Well, they, uh, they there is an article I saw in Destructoid. They said, you know, what are you talking about? Zombies are like the one race that we're legitimately allowed to discriminate against. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I don't, I don't want to flog that one well, to death. True. I don't want to flog that one to death because we've got more on Australia. 
Australia mm-hmm. is all up in arms about the footage that has been leaked from Modern Warfare 2 or Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Are, is everyone familiar with that footage was or what it can Um I haven't actually seen it, but I'm, uh, I read that it was uh, something about terrorists, like lots of dead civilians, I guess. like In an airport. In an yeah. airport. Uh, you have to infiltrate. Yeah, you're supposedly you're a CIA operative who is in this group, and you, I, I guess it's kind of supposed to be. It's supposed to be kind of the same thing as like the first Call of Duty, where you're crawling around in an irradiated zone after the fallout of a nuclear explosion. You know, it's just so you can be shocked by this this experience. So then, I guess the 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 way I've heard it told, and I'm not sure if this is actually what it is, uh, but that that. You either have to like turn on the people you've been snowing the whole time so that they don't know that you're an operative, or you have to shoot civilians to maintain your cover. And I think that's yeah, that's I... supposed to be really shocking. It and it, sorry once again, I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't really bother <laughs> me. And and I'm not saying that that we should go out and shoot people. And I guess that's what what they're really sensitive about because of the the violent whatever. And I'm just wondering. Yeah. I mean, when they when they showed the trailer where like there's an attack right there in Washington D.C., I knew that that was pushing buttons as soon as I saw that. And that's that's what um, Infinity War wants to do, just like they did with the first Call of Duty. Like they worked it up, and no matter how hard you tried, the explosion still happened. And then look what happened. And and I don't even remember. I didn't have a real sense of identity so like the character who died or the person i was playing who died i have no idea who that was yeah it had a very lack of character development on your yeah so like it would be it would be more to me it would hit me harder especially in a first person shooter if it was a person who you were involved with in team for a couple of missions it suddenly like slips out of the helicopter and like no we can't stop and you know and then we go Uh and then the explosion goes off and then you you lost that person like that to me that would have hit me harder Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to yeah. me, the, the the crawling around in the area is like, what am I supposed to do? And do I get in a car and drive away? I mean, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, kind of wondering, like, when is this going to be over? Can I skip this? <laughs> so I, I don't know because I I still maintain the strong detachment of games. I guess it doesn't really hit me like that. I understand what they're going for. It just doesn't affect me like that. Games are not reality, and some people seem to not. The people who don't play them. I guess that like freak out over them. Yeah. Don't get the fact that people do have a great capacity to separate the two. I mean, I, I don't say that the game games I mean because of the the difficulty and the challenge in the games. They do give you the ability to get a sense of accomplishment by overcoming those challenges. Mm-hmm. Like uh, what uh, Sean and I have been playing lately, Borderlands has a real. To me, Borderlands is is what I want in a first person shooter. Versus what I did not like about Call of Duty 4, which is why I won't be buying Modern Warfare 2. I don't want to be set on the ground and then push down this this corridor shooter roller coaster. I don't like that. You know, I want to like take a minute, smell the roses, go over there and see what's over there. Oh, look, there is something over there. But then, like, mm-hmm. I, I finished Call of Duty 4, and I think I, I started picking up laptops, and I realized it's like, you know, two of so many laptops. Like, wait a minute, I was supposed to be looking for these things? You're too busy telling me, get over there. No, get over here. You have to go over here now. Oh, they're attacking this side. Oh, they're attacking this side. So they, they push you down this corridor. I'm like, oh, but wait a minute. You should be exploring. What? Yeah. That's like why I personally loved Bioshock. It was one of my first more hardcore-ish shooters. I, I normally don't play shooters, mm-hmm. but now I do. And was like, whoa, it's so unbelievably beautiful. I lost the whole... Um, 
that back in time thing, the the beautiful places, the water effects. The, the water effects, the art deco, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But also the, the, the thing about Bioshock, for the most part, you're yeah. never really pushed down the path. You know, if you, well, you it, unless there's like an area that's that's like leaking water and you have to get out of it before it you're fills not up. pushed on the path, but it's still very straight. Yeah, well, it is still linear. I'm not. I won't say that, but but mm-hmm. um, like there's there's force you to go. There's all kinds of pace. side spots for like rooms and stuff to pick up and story mm-hmm. elements mm-hmm. to pick up. And once the enemies that confront you are are taken care of, they're done. They don't tend to do a lot of respawning except in a couple of areas. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Call of Duty 4, if you don't push forward, the enemies will respawn until you're out of ammunition. Literally. Yeah. And uh, that that was the thing that drove me crazy, because I was like, there was, in the sniper mission, when you're in uh, the area around Chernobyl, I'm sitting at the car, I'm like, eventually they're going to stop, so I just keep picking them off from a safe location, because all I've got is a sniper rifle and a pistol, neither of which is good mm-hmm. for a pr- protracted face-to-face fight. And they didn't, and I ran out of ammunition. I was like, wait a minute, something's wrong here. And then I, I talked to somebody else who played and said, you just have to push through that. And so you do, and then you get past it. But to me, that already kind of kills my desire for Modern Warfare. It sounds like I like I don't like any games, but just it's just these two that are of this generation that really aren't interesting to me. But the the whole thing about the, the airline, excuse me, the airport, I understand how that's kind of hard-hitting, because that's really... One of the things that, that we maintain in America is a, a very big detachment from a lot of the stuff that we see in the news. Like... The bombing in Iraq or in Iran or the embassy in South Africa, like these things don't touch us in a material way. And so we have a very strong sense of safety. And so we don't like things portraying things happening here like that, like the the shock of having Washington, D.C. bombed or whatever, attacked by terrorists is just it's it's a bit much for people to take. And because of this, this complete feeling of safety, I mean, when when the Twin Towers were taken down. That that was a big affront to us. We not only because of you know, how many people were killed and these massive symbols of you know our economy were destroyed. It's also that we had been violated so thoroughly and caught so unawares. And so it's kind of like this whole airport terrorist thing is sort of I think to what I perceive American taste to be insult to injury. You know we've already been through this problem. We've tightened security to to prevent these kinds of things from happening in the future and. You know, so this game is pretty much going to show us, no, you're not safe. You, you know, we can still get through if we do this. And I think part of that is, is the problem. But I also think the other problem is that just the portrayal of something that we consider so too realistic and too egregious. Which makes me wonder why it's Australia that has a problem with Well, it's this. because they have, they're very touchy about real people being portrayed in, in violent scenarios. Which, which makes me wonder, like, you know, the game Fear 2, which is one of my favorite mow-down people with guns video games. Uh, mm. I mean, there's the people you shoot may be being under, quote-unquote, psychic control, but they are as human-looking as they come. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I, it seems like the this board is, is is a little wishy-washy about what they do and do not pass. And it's, it's like I, I say about fanboys. You have people who like PlayStations. You have like people who like Xbox. And what the push tends to be is that they're teenagers and all they can get their parents to buy is one or the other. So they kind of just have to enjoy it because they can't get anything else. But that doesn't mean that because you can only you had to pick one and this one to you is the better of the two, it doesn't mean the other one's bad. 
I don't personally mm-hmm. want a Wii. That doesn't mean the Wii is bad. It just doesn't suit me. I don't really want one. I've played a couple of games on it. I haven't really enjoyed it. It doesn't make it bad. It just means it's not good for me. And the right. same yeah. the same case there. These people just want to mother these people and, and sort of, to me, it looks like they're trying to control the people, which is what bothers me. That, well, and there's also the fact that d- don't they lack an 18-plus rating? Isn't that they're their most extreme yeah, rating? Yeah, so they're pretty much plus? saying that adults yeah. do not have a right to decide. Their largest rating is an MA fifteen plus, mm-hmm. yeah. which apparently does not prevent obviously people under the age of eighteen from getting certain games because they're included in that range. Anything higher than that effectively bans the game from sale, just as an AO rating would here. Which, so it's which like, means like you know Steam, you know they're digital, they can't offer it because you know that's this is this is what a lot of people didn't understand like why. Miss Online or Alive wasn't, you know, is internationals until Uru. It's because there's all these little legal loopholes and laws they have to dance through in every single country they, they license the servers in. Mm-hmm. And now that I kind of see that more clearly, I start to understand you know, the complexity of living around the world. And it makes me more content to be American because I, even if I, even though I don't want these games, I still have access to them. That's why I'm extremely pro Europe because we're getting these laws that are for all different countries in the uh, European Union so that we can have silly funny things like like computer games and and music licensing and and copyright all the same in all different countries and and little nations and things that are part of the European Union so that we don't always get knocked off of the big group especially here in Belgium we are usually the Lost to get new technology, new games, new music, etc. And that's quite frustrating, really. Yeah, I, I remember they yeah. say things about release date in the U.S., release date in Europe, and it's like, oh, you poor Europeans. Yeah, speaking of um, rating uh, things on digital distribution, I think our next bullet point talks about how Australia wants to rate iPhone apps. And mobile phone games in general. That that's another thing that it gets to be kind of funny for me because aren't aren't a lot of them kind of like Nintendo sixteen bit or eight bit ish where it's like side scrolling yeah. and stuff. Like make it, it comes to a point like like do you really need to rate that? Oh, that mon- monster is squished in a way that looks like somebody being really squished. I'm like I don't I just don't see it. I can maybe understand rating the games. I think it's pushing it a little bit, but I could kind of understand that. It's the fact that they want to rate apps. I mean, you don't rate PC apps. As far as I know, Microsoft Office doesn't yeah, have a Yeah, but there's no, there's no real PC app to make a fart noise. <laughs> and, and I don't mean that that's oh, the questionable one. I don't, I don't mean that that's the questionable one. My point being that apps are kind of wide open. Like everyone's trying to find their own little niche that they carve yeah. out that other people don't want so they can like make money off of it. So there, it looks like we're trying to like tear down all kinds of boundaries for where the apps can go. So I, I understand... I understand what you're saying. I understand where they're coming from, and I don't think either one is really right in this situation. What do you think, Bert? Since you're you live in a filtered republic. <laughs> well, I personally think that rating mobile apps is rather silly, waste of time. We have a very good rating system which has an 18 plus rating for official games in retail, and well, just have it, let it be, happy with it. But I'm a big fan of the pirate party thing, so I think that people should have access to most data. It's stupid to have all these ports and things. They only use tax money and 
get controversial decisions, etc. Mm. So in any case, moving on. <clears throat> yeah, move on. Um, unfortunately, we're covering a topic that only one of us has seen, Torchlight. So, Sean, have at it. Tell us all about it. All right, well, a couple days ago, like a week or so, Torchlight was released on Steam. A brand new game. It is basically, it's an isometric dungeon crawler. Uh, very much like Diablo or Fate. And on the surface, you know, if you look at how it's different from them, you're not really going to see very much of a difference. I mean, obviously it's newer than those, so it has better graphics, but the mechanics are very similar, the items, enemies, all very similar, and yet, for some reason, maybe there were things that they tweaked just enough to get them right to the point where the game is perfectly balanced and i don't know why it's just a lot more fun than any other dungeon crawler i played. have you um rolled more than one character with it yet uh no i've only rolled the one i'm looking at the screenshots here and uh my original thought that it was less cartoony than wow is incorrect it looks plenty cartoony yeah it is no, i'm not saying it looks bad i mean it looks good I mean, it's very right. well designed right it's, it, is uh, it full 3d you can turn the camera or is it locked in, no. locked into perspective no, it's locked. Okay. At least Reminds I me of um, what's it called again? Um, the one when the game which you have little minions that do your evil stuff. Overlord. Overlord. Looks I, a bit like it. I haven't played it either, but it always sounds like it's funny, so I, I should try it. Overlord is fun, by the way, but it really looks a bit like it. How? How do you have any idea how long it is? I don't. I'm currently on floor like. 17, 18 or something, mm-hmm. and I'm getting the impression there's still a good amount to go. Okay. So I'm guessing there's at least like 30 floors, I'm guessing. Well, I don't know. The reason I asked if you've rolled multiple characters is I'm told that the, uh, the dungeon generator is random. Yes. It's just like, um, it's a more advanced version of the one from Diablo where the floor layouts are randomized but and it has item layout randomized item the items themselves are randomized random names and stats bosses are randomized with different names just pretty much everything about it about the dungeon itself is randomized if you leave a floor and come back later i think the layout stays the same but all the items and all the enemies respawn with random replacements. Well, I'm hearing really positive reactions to this game, which is kind of surprising. You know, it, it's a $20 game, so it sounds like mm-hmm. they've they've packed a lot in there. I was surprised they didn't do 3D, but then, you know, given the price point, I guess they it doesn't kind of support that. I was a little surprised they didn't allow you to move your camera well, around. Wait a minute, it, it, does, it still looks 3D. Is it, does, I mean, does, do the, does the environment respond to um, anti-aliasing and all that? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Okay, so then definitely 3D. It is a 3D environment. It's just It just has a fixed camera. Yeah. One of the things I haven't seen in another uh, dungeon crawler is the pet and the way the pet works. Wait a minute, everybody gets a pet? Or is it just restricted? Yeah, no. When you start the game, you are given a pet. You create them when you create your character. And you can pick either a cat or a dog. And you can name them. Mm-hmm. And... From what I understand, regardless which one you pick, in the beginning, they just act as a melee helper. They just follow you around, attacking things as you attack them. 
what the nice part is though is that the pet has their own inventory which is as big as your inventory so you kind of have a double oh yeah that's and also read that that you can send them to town to sell your stuff that's that's my big thing is that (laughs) you can load up their inventory and say go to town and sell and your pet will run off and it'll leave for some certain amount of time which gets bigger the deeper you are into the dungeon then it'll come back later and it'll say your pet has returned bringing you 1000 gold for the things it sold and when it gets back its inventory will be completely empty that is one well behaved cat (laughs) whereas in Diablo you know you would kill a massive swarm of enemies loot them all then you'd have to throw up a town portal go back sell your stuff come back pick up the rest of the stuff and probably have to do that maybe five six times per floor if not more often based on how much loot you were picking up so let's yeah uh, you know you know me i'm not much of a uh, console gamer myself more almost pc exclusive with uh, some exceptions oh i have a question for you too because i know you're a star wars galaxies gamer which you know I still wonder what kind of medication you're on that has you playing that. But in any case, um, <laughs> what, what's your uh, take on the Old Republic? Are you excited? Um, yeah, I'm tentatively excited. Um, on the one hand, you know, being the story freak I am, uh, I'm really looking forward to the, the story-driven gameplay and... Uh, Everything being spoken. The, you know, the, the voiceover stuff that they're, like, super hyping, that, like, everything is voiced over. And they keep saying that there's going to be traditional uh, MMO elements in it, but th- at the same time, they won't say what yet, so it makes me wonder if they even know how they're going to put that into the game. The only thing that's turned me off so far is that they have, they've gone to an exaggerated model for the characters, they're, so instead of more realistic, more yeah, stylized. They, they call it, yeah, they call it stylized realism, which... But the, the, it's I don't, know, I don't of, care. It's big hands, big heads, size. really skinny bodies. Fine, don't care. I don't <laughs> like the lightsaber handles looking like somebody's carrying like a tent pole around everywhere. Uh, oh, they did um, m- m- fix the uh, lightsaber hilts so that they're not as big as they were originally okay. because a lot of people freaked out yeah. over that, including myself. I, I was like, if that's <laughs> the way they are, like that for that reason alone, I might resist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it just—it looks uh, so silly. It—it it, it looked like like those little kid lightsabers where like the whole thing actually is is a cone and it goes inside of the handle and you 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 with it really hard. Yeah, I up. have like I, I don't know, I have like ten of those, yeah, it, so I know exactly what you're talking it, it about. It looks like that. <laughs> it has like I even bother. Um, but yeah, they they changed the um, size of the saber hilts. They're not so outrageously gigantic. The characters still look rather cartoony um well i, I, just, I don't know i kind of like it because that I, I like not, that it's going to be more colorful because I'm, I'm actually kind of sick of uh the reality meaning brown and gray everything's got to be brown yeah i do like the the amount of colors i mean like in star wars galaxies for example my character wears bright green and black so you know it basically looks like black paper with bright neon green lights attached to it <laughs> is uh, basically what my character if, if we didn't say so i probably should say the old republic is uh the uh bioware star wars the old republic which is ex- an extension of the nice old republic one and two this is going to be a, a massively multiplayer online version of it instead of being a self-contained single player 
And I've got we've got one staffer, Anthony, who's been a big purveyor of no pay per month MMO. I think this one might sway him. I want to see what happens though. I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and most of what they've actually like you know talked about looks really really good. And you know I mean I like Bioware's past games and stuff. It's just that they haven't really talked about the core MMO elements that would actually make it really uh, an MMO like the. You know, they say it will have uh, crafting and socialization and, well, and PvP too, but I'm not really big on the PvP aspect uh, as much. But I like role-playing, and uh, if I can't, like, you know, tell my own character's story aside from what Bioware has laid out for me, which is kind of looking what they're like what they're doing... I'm not sure how into the game I'll actually get. What, what, I had a guess. I would say that they probably don't have it quite that framed. Like like the, the old Rep- the Knights of the Old Republic, the two games had stories, and you had like a, a positive or a negative flow you could take with that. But I'm pretty sure that the the, the Old Republic is going to be more wide open than that because if it wasn't, <laughs> they would be so crucified. Yeah, uh, you know, it, like I'm saying, you know, it, it could go either way at this point. I'm tentatively excited. You know, the, the whole well to to use a, a term that more. Uh, most of us here are familiar with cautious optimism. Yeah, <laughs> that that is my attitude toward uh, the old republic. Yeah, I, I figured I will I will judge when it gets closer. But it, mm. do do you think that if if you get into it that you'll be kicking galaxies to the curb? It depends, because again, you know, uh, galaxies. One of its most endearing qualities over pretty much any other MMO is the ability you're given to morph your game world around and tell a story that is your own story. It's got this, well, actually called the storyteller system, where uh, you can set up, like, props in the game world and, like, have explosions go off or um, set up, like, a fog effect or, um, and, like, you have, like, these stages that you can put up or uh, you can place, like, a shuttle or a ship or even NPCs which people can um, fight or they're just there for ambience and stuff like that. And now they've got this uh, new Chronicler, uh, Chronicle Master system where you can actually make uh, quests. And um, when when you master the Chronicle Master profession, you can actually then get this ability from that to make the storyteller NPCs uh, say anything that you want them to say um, just whenever people... Uh, get up close enough to him or whatever. David has a god complex. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Could you? <laughs> but uh, I just, I like, I'll, uh, I'm a customization freak. You know, um, I love being able to customize my character's look. I like, uh, I love decorating my character's See, I'm kind of, I'm kind of different. I mean, I, I do like having control over things like that, but games like uh, Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, I felt like all the, the presets for the faces of the character were so crazy that I, I would fight with the, the, the customizer to get it to look a little more normal, a little more human, even though it's an elf with, you know, dark ears or whatever. And I just felt like I don't feel like fighting that. Like, they should be a little closer to what I would want. And so that's that's why I really like Borderlands. Like, I can pick the different colors of my outfit, and then I'm into the game. Off we go. Gotta shoot stuff. You know, so <laughs> to me, the, the priority is to get the game rolling and get, get to playing. And it, and it, one thing I, I only tolerate once in any game is cutscenes. After I've seen them the first time, even if I manage to sit through them the first time, it doesn't matter. Give me playing. I don't care. Like mm-hmm. and it's because like things like um, World of Warcraft being my my example, 
they they have this music that, that almost speaks of a story that doesn't really seem to be there. The backstory is there, yes, I will, I will grant you that. But you know, when you when you play the game, there isn't a sense of story. In at least, unless it, maybe it's me because I don't read all of the quests. Because after a while, like, who has the time after a while? Uh-huh. So I read all the quests I ever do, even even the lame ones in Star Wars Galaxies, and that's pretty much all of them. Um. I just. Even in Borderlands, I'm kind of like, where does the diamond take me? Over here. Okay, what am I looking for? I'm looking for these pieces. Oh, but those bad guys got to take them out because, you know, they're stopping me from finding the pieces. <laughs> so I just, you know, I, I don't read too deeply into them. Like today, uh, Sean and I, Sean helped me take down the, what's it called again? Mosrak? The yeah, big moth uh, thing. It's it's like yeah. after Mothra from, from like uh-huh. Godzilla. And I, I have not known anything we've, we've tried to take down that took more... Uh, gunshots. I ran out of pistol rounds, and I almost ran out of uh, sniper rifle rounds. <laughs> I've never had one creature do that for me. So, in any case, uh, somebody posted on the gaming inside Mac gaming forum about how graphics cards are no longer necessary. I'm like, what? What are you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what? Well, what do you um, think is in the Xbox? What do you think is in the PlayStation Three? I mean, crap. What do you think is in the Wii? They all have graphics cards. I'm like, these are necessary items in, in some shape or another. And his argument was that uh, on the Intel GMA 950, he was able to play Doom 3 at acceptable frame rates. And, and again, I'm like, what do you consider acceptable yeah, frame rates? You can play Doom 3 Doom. with acceptable Doom. frame rates on a 950. I've done it. It looks like crap. Well, that's, that's the thing. He's like sacrificing a few visual bells and whistles. So let's let's take a step back. And, and, and I mean, I'm not trying to kill his argument, but let me just make it clear what I consider acceptable. I don't want to go any lower than medium. And like in a Doom 3, that's a game like you don't want the shadows off because then it completely destroys the game. Oh, yeah. uh, because it's all about the shadows and the darkness. Oh, probably it will be on a resolution like 640. By 480, I have to assume. But the whole thing, though, is in a game, for me, V-Sync must always be on. I don't care what it is. And that's one of the things that bothers me about consoles because you have no control over that. And for the most part, it becomes negligible when when the, the shearing from the v, lack of VSync occurs. But on PC games, the lack of VSync, especially if you're not if your PC is not comfortably putting out a full solid 60 frames per second at all times, you can see the change in the frame rates with the shearing on the screen. And these people will tell me, "Well, I just turn VSync off because it holds your performance back." I'm like, "Well, it holds your performance back in that it syncs your frames with the." the refresh rate of your monitor or the, the response time of the pixels in your LCD. Mm-hmm. And this is a necessity to me. People say, well, I, I get 18 to 24 frames per second. Like, then you are not getting reasonable frames per second. <laughs> yes. If you cannot maintain at least 20 frames per second, it cannot be sync. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is unacceptable. So we need to be at a certain level with, with the graphical quality. We need to be at a certain level so it can be sync. And if you cannot perform high enough at the right graphical quality to be sync, then you're not playing the game the way it's meant to be played. That's my again some strange arguments for turning it off too, because they'll have games capped at 30 or 60, and I've seen people saying, "No, I need to have it at 60. I need to have it at 80, at 100." I'm like, you can't even see anything faster than 24. Yeah, well, well, they, I don't know. There's, um, I, I know that when we had CRTs, I could see if a CRT was on 60 hertz, but I could, I. Yeah. Once we got up to the the eighty or eighty five, I couldn't see it anymore. I, I'm not I'm not a snob to the point like you know you, people should spend four grand on computers, but you can do better than these bargain basement pieces of crap. 
people. All I know is that Jonathan uh, helped me with my graphics issue when I found out that my integrated card was a piece of crap. Yeah, I had I was I was delicate about telling you that though. <laughs> what you mean? Uh, I, I'm I'm more than thankful that that you did tell me though because that I was able to go out and get my uh, NVIDIA 8800 GT and uh, that, now everything runs beautifully. The 8800 GT is a wonderful card. I can't believe it's still running games as well as it is after two years. Oh, but it's funny. I I have the. 8600 GT and the 9400 GT in my computer here. Well, my my PC, not my Mac. And uh, I'm now using my Mac. Are you doing? PC. Are you using an SLI chipset? I have an SLI chipset, but I'm not using SLI as I want to use three monitors. Oh, well, I, th- well, I thought it would be useful is having those two cards, as you could offload the um, the PhysX stuff and anti-aliasing to the 9400, while the other card does just the rendering of the frames. Yeah, I thought about that, but, well, it was hard to set up. Oh, I don't know. I keep it, hearing people do it. It can't be that hard. Well, it was hard to get into the all the tutorial stuff because it, it's kind of, well, hardcore. Google. You play with Linux. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear about hardcore when you're playing with Linux. Linux is the steepest learning curve of anything I know about on computers. We need to move on. Windows 7 yeah. impressions. Has anyone else played with Windows 7 here besides me? Yes, me. It runs on my MacBook. Uh, MacBook, what did I say? Netbook, and I have it in a virtual machine on my desktop. And Dalkin has been too scared to get the release candidate, so he hasn't even tried it. <gasps> Kill him. Uh, are, are, are you running Vista right now, Dalkin? Uh, yes, yes, okay. I am. Let me tell you a little story about Vista. <laughs> it's evil. Evil. Okay. Vista was really terrible out of the gate. I mean, and, and I don't want to understate or overstate this. It just it was really rough out of the gate. And Microsoft blamed their their various hardware manufacturers with drivers, but Microsoft kept changing the kernel, which means the drivers had to be changed. So I kind of blame Microsoft. Mm-hmm. It, they were just they they did a reset on the development, and then they suddenly said, okay, it's coming out such and such, and the, the drivers just weren't ready. I, from the from the beta two to the release candidate one, those two were so night and day different, it was unbelievable, and so I understand why the manufacturers were not on board properly. After service pack one, this is fine, and there's little glitches, and then service pack two fixed it, and Vista is fine. Vista is good, but Vista is still, no matter how you slice it, slower than Windows seven, and I have tangible yeah, numbers cool. to show you about that. So I've done many a pod, many a podcast assembly in Windows, and I've had Vista. It's from, slower than XP. Yeah, uh, I always start my assemblies in Audacity, and I've done once or twice. I have outputted right from Audacity to MP3, but the sound quality is never as good as it could be. So now I just output from Audacity to a direct WAV file, and then actually use another encoder to switch it from WAV to MP3. In Vista, that process, outputting to WAV, converting to MP3, is a 20-25 minute process. For those two steps, it takes that long. In Windows 7, it's not even eight minutes for those two two steps. Is that both? That's that's on the same. No, there's 32-bit Vista, 64-bit Windows 7 release candidate, okay. and it's all on the same hardware. Hey, the the bits make quite a bit of a change in. Uh, there is no there is no tangible reason I can think of today why not to use a 64-bit operating system. Ah, wait, 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 yes, um, but on Windows applications on 46 bit, that's true. Um, 64. Really? Oh, 64, 4 bit, yes. Because um, 
on the Linux systems, it, it really all applications are 64-bit on my 64-bit yeah. machine. But so the Windows Vistas and the Windows 7 64-bit, and I assume the XP 64-bit, they're essentially like Windows 98 in that like 98 supported 32-bit and 16-bit. The 64-bit Windows versions now support 64-bit and 32-bit. So like you have both. There's no reason not to go that route. Uh, the place where you run into problems is drivers, but I think by this point we've sorted all that because I, you're having no problem with Windows XP 64-bit, which means that they must have really fixed those drivers because I heard nothing but nightmares from when I was still in college about that. To your yeah, no, when I uh, I installed it and 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 it's not third and I'm not and I'm not like making up like what people have said. Like I one of my teachers, mm-hmm. one of the professors was the guy who ran IT for Chrysler there in Auburn Hills, Michigan. And they had a 64-bit application that needed the addressing space of 64-bit, and they could not, for the life of them, get it working in Vista or XP64. But they got it working in a beta of Vista64, which still wasn't out yet. Yeah, no. When I uh, when I decided to go to XP64, I had um, looked at the reviews and whatnot, and a lot of them were very negative, saying it doesn't work, things are constantly crashing, things are constantly breaking. But then I looked at it. All of those reviews were really old. Yeah. Well, that's the same thing about Vista. Is a lot of the stuff, bad yeah. stuff, said about it previously. You know, it it's uh, it's it's written in stone, but it doesn't apply anymore. But I will say I've seen a tangible difference between Vista and Windows Seven on many fronts. It's still not as fast as XP, but when has Windows ever been faster than a previous version? You know, this is the only time so, it's ever happened. Going from Vista to 7, 7 is faster. But you've never seen, like, 2000 wasn't faster than 98. No. You know. Sorry, but 7 is faster on my netbook than XP on booting. So Windows 7 boots a lot faster than XP on my netbook-ish thing. Don't know why, but it does. Probably some tricks they pull in there. I wonder yeah, if, like, Windows 7 would work better on this, this computer I just worked on. But in any case, I, I've, things I like about it, I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot. Like, I like the new new taskbar interface because it's easy for me to have, like, 25 windows open and still easily get between them. Um, I mean, Flip 3D is pretty, but it's not really functional. What's the, the average price for uh, Windows 7? It depends on what you're talking about. Most of it is a decreased price from, I think, what the retail versions were before. But, of course, I won't buy retail. To me, it's just a waste of money. Because mm-hmm. it, it, The only thing you're paying for is the pretty box and two calls to Microsoft where they may or may not help you with your problem. And for the most part, you know, with all my schooling, if I can't sort it, I'll just reinstall. <laughs> but usually I can sort the problem. Um, like I, one of the annoying things I have is, is Office constantly asking me to upgrade a file to the new 2007 standard, but nobody's really on that page. So I save everything in the 2003 or 97 to 2003 version. And so there's a registry hack you can do to go in there and switch that to stop it from asking that stupid question. There should be a checkbox. Stop <laughs> asking me, <laughs> you know. But like there is all over the place. Like you know, make sure I ask you ask me in the future. But this one doesn't because Microsoft wants us to use this new version, thereby antiquating the old version. I understand their thinking, but I just too much of the industry is not on that page. Office is a substantial cost, even with home and students. It's mm-hmm. still quite a bit that a lot of people don't want to pay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, well, for me. The only version that I, I want is the professional version, which is $150 OEM. Ultimate. And what's that? The Ultimate Edition of 7. I said professional. Or did you yeah. say you have a... 
I I have the ultimate edition. I have I have the ultimate RC, but I don't think that as far as things that I need or, or require that it will make a tangible difference going to professional. Uh, home edition is good for most people, but I, I want to be able to look. I want to be able to have access to the group policy editor. I want to be able to have access to certain features that are only present in the professional edition, because I have no idea what's special about the ultimate, but I got the ultimate from a company I sometimes work for, so don't matter. Yeah, I'm actually still looking for a way to get a discounted copy. I don't even want to part with 150 dollars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, see, uh, that's my issue with getting a new operating system is because since the service wait, 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 wait. Are, are, aren't you works. in college, Mr. David? Yes. Do you have an email address from that college? No. It's a community college. I'm not going to, like, college college yet. Hmm. Once you do, you can get a copy of, of Windows. Once you have an email address that ends in .edu, you can get a copy of Windows for 30 bucks. Yeah, I heard about that. So... So yeah, my, my problem is my college, you know, college. they, they uh, sunsetted my email address. And I, I've been out for over a year, so, you know, that that's justifiable. So I, I don't have a way of enabling just, a copy that way. I'm just saying, in general, that my issue with uh, getting new OSs is that my current one works, and they're generally so expensive to get a new one that why spend that much money when because I Because you're getting rid of Vista, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm on XP. I have an excuse. <laughs> I love multiple but, up but that, See, that's the thing is, you, know, you said that Windows 7 is faster, and so that might be enough to get me to actually grab up a. Yeah, it's too bad that. Uh, especially it's when, too bad when the release candidate is not there for you to still grab and try, but it's not. Just, just try multiple operating systems. I personally run lots of them because I'm a, a big fan of Ubuntu. I have this highly customized version of 8.04, but I always have the latest version on another partition on my hard drive so I can switch. I also have Windows XP and Vista and 7. I can just switch over. Love that. By yeah, the way, I'm not that advanced of a, a user. One operating system is enough for me. <laughs> well, I usually use this Ubuntu system and just um, use my virtual machines. Yeah. I have a VMware workstation license, so. Well, I enjoy OS X myself, but it's it's on my laptop, and to me, like laptops are not are inopportune places for gaming. I think it's I don't think you should try gaming on a laptop, and if you're relying on a laptop for gaming, then you're missing a lot of the experience yeah. because even if it has the same specs as compute as a desktop hardware. It's still not the same specs. Like, if, even it says 8800 GT, it's not cars. the same video card. The drivers tend to yeah. only come properly from the manufacturer, which they only support for maybe a year and a half. It's like it's just it's just a nightmare even thinking about it. But so that's kind of why I don't have that big of a problem with the integrated graphics. Yeah, because generally, if it's on a PC, I refuse to get them. But if they're in a laptop. Laptops aren't meant for hardcore gaming, so integrated is fine. Yeah, well, I would still say that, you know, previously integrated graphics really stood in the way of a machine even operating properly. They've reached a point today where the buses are fat, fast enough and fat enough that they can, that is not a big enough hit. But back back in the day, I had a Pentium 3 system my aunt had that was a 933 megahertz Pentium 3 versus my parents 766 Celeron and my second, my parent system ran circles around this system because it had dedicated graphics. Yeah, no, if I'm choosing if I'm looking to buy a new laptop 
I'm still going to get one that doesn't have integrated graphics. Yeah. It's because integrated graphics, by their nature, are very limiting in what you can do. Yeah, and it doesn't mean it's, that... It also, you can almost judge them by price. You can say, you know, you get what you pay for, but it is kind of true. Yeah. And you get a lot right. more for your money these days. I mean, I remember my first computer in 96 was $3,500. My current system, you know, when I built it, adding up all the prices of things when I bought them does not add up to that much money these days. So you get more for your money and it, and it continues to perpetuate, which I, I like that idea. I would like it. To, I would like, since we're, we keep moving further and further away from the 8800 GT, I think we should somehow die shrink the 8800 GT and make that the standard. Like, like, like the 9400 series that's in laptops is integrated. I think the 8800 should be the spec that that is. And then just make that our baseline. My laptop has a 9800 in it. I have a netbook. Na, 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 na. Yeah. And Jonathan hates that. Yes, I do. <laughs> Whenever I've got to work on them, those are so slow. Well, it, when they run Ubuntu there. The thing is, is that while I prefer to game on my desktop, my laptop is basically for when I'm traveling, like uh, going out to visit my dad or whatever. I obviously can't pack up my uh, desktop every summer and holiday that I go out and, and I get up again and then pack it up again. So I got the laptop to um, you know be able to still play like Star Wars Galaxies and stuff when I go travel somewhere. But um, I remember the first time I, I, I whipped up my MacBook in one of my computer classes, all the looks that I got. Because <laughs> they're all PC-centric, because the classes are Microsoft-based. But all the stuff we did was in servers that were set up in virtual machines, so I didn't need a PC, and uh, they had the virtual machines in the class, and my computer didn't really need, need to be there for class stuff, but I used it as sort of like my big thumb drive, so I, I could have the digital book open on my laptop and still be working on the computer in front of me, and that's one of the things that, that to me, in, on a Mac, makes Mac so much better than PC, and it's just this one thing, is that when you close the lid... To sleep it goes. You open the lid before it's even vertical again. The thing is back out of sleep. And when I had nice. when I had a Vista laptop, you open the lid, it comes up close to the time you get the vid, lid vertical, but it's not on the wireless yet. And we're talking like two minutes it would take to connect. I don't know what Vista did wrong. I know Windows 7 doesn't do that, doesn't have that problem because I, I've dealt with these machines. Because Vista is epic slow? I, I don't know. what Whatever they were trying to do really bogged down the system. I've been trying to talk my sister into to upgrading to Windows 7 when I go, and she's like, no, I like Vista. I'm like, really? <laughs> um, <laughs> she has been hypnotized. Well, totally. when I went to Vista, I was just sick. Vista works, but it works really slow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, it's, you know, it, you have Windows 7 being faster, like I said, might be enough to get me to switch over when I typically otherwise wouldn't. Um, because like with XP, everything takes, um, twice as long in Vista or more for, uh, my new computer, which is three times as powerful as my old computer than, uh, it did in XP on my old computer. So Vista, yeah, just, yeah. I want a new computer that's three times as powerful as my computer. Well, that's where we'll end for now. This is uh, Cavern Today, Over the Fence, signing off.
I'm going to have to meticulously work to take out everything David said in order to get it short enough to fit in our time slot anyhow. Feels so loved. So, talk to you later, Bert. Okay. See you, Bert. Yeah, good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Can you believe his name is really Bert? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> You're horrible, John. <laughs> I, I don't know what made me think that. <laughs> Can I tell you how I don't get any tech messages and I get one in the middle of the chat? But if you look at previous MMOs, sci-fi really hasn't done all that well. Yeah. Like, we can't use Galaxy as an example because, you know, Sony decided to just, you know, stab a knife into the heart of it and then twist it. Uh, well, but for, first, before they did that, they also um, heated up the knife and covered it in poison. What? My dog makes noises like that, and I say the same thing. Sorry, pent-up energy. Please continue. Do we need to leave you alone for a minute so you can get rid of that pent-up energy? Nah, it's good. It's gone now. That's the problem with I that. have a nerf sword. And yet, you said it with a sexy voice. <laughs> which failed to turn me on. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think that's not going in the outtakes... <laughs> Did you hear a beep? The recording's still running. 